It's Wednesday the 25th of May and I'm dead chuffed to be recording the latest in the Cottages Uncut podcast series with Naomi Cudmore, who's the managing director and the editor and various other roles at the wonderful Exmoor magazine. Good afternoon, Naomi. Hello, David. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Um, I think we were saying earlier on that it's a little bit chilly on the moor today. I'm sitting here in a hat. I'm looking, lucky you can't see me. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners would love to take a screenshot. It, um, I have to say, is uh, as I was saying, we've been down in Bampton recording a podcast this morning and I was freezing at the Bampton Heritage Centre. And uh, I've just come back to the office and uh, I've got the fan heater on. So anybody think it was February? It is bonkers, isn't it? I think it's going to warm up though. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Ready for the uh, the Jubilee weekend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and all the celebrations going on. So, Exmoor Magazine, um, for our listeners that uh, don't know very much about the magazine, um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, we are called Exmoor Magazine, obviously, but we also cover the Quantox and North Devon. So we are what is popularly referred to as Greater Exmoor. Hmm. And we are published four times a year, so we're quarterly. We go with the seasons. And so the new magazines come out in February, May, August and November. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the moment, we are 144 pages. Uh, we were 80 pages when I first got involved back in 2008. So we're we're growing. Yeah, yeah. And so you do layouts and designs and all that as well don't you you are really hands-on at the publication yeah well that that is how I came into it actually so um I used to work for um, a local publishers called Holsgrove who were based in Tiverton they're now near Wellington and they at the time when I was working there as a history book editor they had two magazines called Dartmoor and Exmoor Sometime after I left the the publishing company, they sold off those two magazines. Um, And when Exmoor magazine was bought by Elaine Pierce and her late husband, Brian, they obviously needed a designer because previously it had been designed in-house. And the then editor, Hilary Binding, who taught me history at school, and many many people will remember Hilary. She was absolutely amazing. Well, she, she was the editor... And she suggested me for the design. And that's that's how I first got involved in more detail with the magazine. I'd always written for it. I'd always written features for it since issue two in 1998. But in 2008, I took on a role um, as designer. Yeah. My God. Uh, Hilary Binding, there's a name... And for some reason, because as you'll know from our previous work, I, you know, I didn't originate. I don't hark from this neck of the woods. And uh, but why does Hilary Binding's name resonate? Why does it jar something in in my brain? It could be just books I've written. I've written. Sorry, I've read. I don't know. Well, Hilary was a very well-known local historian with countless books to her name. She Mm. lived in Carhampton, where um, Binding Hilary. Hillary Binding Close, Hillary Close is named after her. And she wrote for many, many years, Notes by the Way in the West Somerset Free Press. That yeah. may be why you've heard her name. Mm. 
Um, but she was a very well-loved figure and there wasn't anything she didn't know about the local area, really. Brilliant. She's a, she's a hard act to follow, but I'm very proud to, to be taking her place. Oh, it's it, what a wonderful story. I mean, it, uh, do you hark from Exmoor? I think at some stage we had a conversation about you living in Dunster at some stage in the past. Is that your is that your background? Was that where where you started off? Well, I've lived, <laughs> I've lived in lots of places in the local area, David, but I've, I've been here my whole life. Um, I, well, that's a slight fib. I moved. I moved to the area when I was three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, although my family were from here, um, and I first lived in Netherstowey with oh. um, on the Quantocks. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at various times over the decades since, we'll not say how many. Um, <laughs> I've lived. In, I've lived in Watchit, Dunster, Bampton, Dulverton, and then I've been where I am now in the parish of Nettlecombe. Um, well, I, since I was, I, I bought this house about 20 years ago mm-hmm. and um, my parents lived just up the road. So I'd spent my teenage years in this parish. So I, so when I bought this house, it was like coming home. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, particularly those of us who were, you know, I was here about 20 years ago and then moved away and then came back. Exmoor does feel like home. Um and I guess that that's that's a sort of a, a feel that you get when you live in this part of the world that it just feels like one big community. Um, and I know there's change happening all the time. Of course, there's change, and there's incomers, and there's people who flee the area as well. But do you think it's got a great community feel here? I do think it's got a great community feel. I think it's a place of many communities. And I think I often think to myself when people are moving here from away and they have no prior knowledge of the place, how on earth do they go about the task of picking a village that suits their personality? Because if you've lived here a long time, you know that every village has its own very distinct personality. Mm. And I, I am definitely it's like my wellies are the roots of a tree in the parish of Nettlecombe. I've, you know, I've, I've, fa- I've completely failed in the task of escaping and I don't even want to. Mm. Um, but yes, I think, I think it's, it's twofold. It is, it's people make communities, but also for me, it's, it's like a landscape that sort of holds you and won't let you go really. Mm. <laughs> mm. And that landscape is very personal to Exmoor, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm fortunate to have been to quite a few of the other national parks and my roots are up in North Yorkshire, you know, so right. a place with a very beautiful national park and uh, and the villages and towns around Whitby, which was where I harked from originally. And um, I don't know, there's something very different about how Exmoor feels and and the if you like the coast and country, the rural splendor of the place, it just feels, I don't know, really quite unique. I think, yeah. If you, if you were to ask someone um, to describe in a nutshell, the different national parks and they, and they hadn't ever been to any of them, but they were just going on what they sort of learned through the media and so on. I think there are some national parks, which are really easy to sort of encapsulate and I think that the, the the thing I really love about Exmoor is it it's like an octopus in terms of its 
characteristics. It doesn't fit any one box. And it's sort of got it's got multiple personalities, especially landscape wise, mm. which for me is what makes it so incredible. You know, if you if you were to be airlifted into the middle of Dartmoor and a blindfold taken off, you'd know instantly mm. that you must be on Dartmoor because yes. it is it quintessential. Mm. But you, you could be dropped into any one of a number of spots on Exmoor and you might think, gosh. Now, now I'm on the highest cliffs in England. Now I'm in a wood. Now I'm in a meadow. Now I'm in arable land. Now I'm on a hill farm. It's just whatever mood you're in, Exmoor can give you something that day. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, this is a question that I've asked before on numerous forums and podcasts, but I, I don't think I've ever met anyone like you who is so incredibly passionate about the place. Um, and and that's that's the word that really comes across to me that you you are passionate you I don't know you know if somebody said right can you, I'm going to take you to someone that is passionate about Exmoor then I'd say right Naomi is one of those people you know that that immediately comes to mind uh, and I wish in some ways our listeners could see your face because you smile when you talk about things you smile when you talk about the landscapes you smile when you talk about the arable land or whatever so. I don't know, off the top of your head, a couple of things that really make you smile then, you know, places that make you come alive on Exmoor. Um, well, a big thing for me is the sea. So mm-hmm. I'm all about boats. I love sailing. I love rowing. I'm not really massively motivated by being in the sea and I hate the cold water, but I love, I love being on the sea, ideally in a racing situation. And I think... One of the things I've been blessed with is um, for 10 years, I rode with Appledore Pilot Gig Club. And then when Porlock set up their own gig club, I came over here and went native, as they say. And what's really special and what I think a lot of visitors don't get the chance, well, they do have the chance to do it, but they might not know they've got the chance to do it, is to get out on the water and look back at Exmoor from the sea. And it just is mind-blowing you know I I remember going camping in Wales about I don't know seven or eight years ago and was standing in a field talking to the campsite owner and he said where are you from and I pointed in this direction he said oh it's really flat over there isn't it and I I think he must have been thinking of Western Supermare or something but um yeah so I just I just said uh well we do have the highest cliffs in the country and um you know whichever bit of the coast you're enjoying from a boat it looks different so that would be one mm. uh, out to sea and looking back at what we've got especially mm. lot bay which is you know home for me um and i think that i live in the loveliest parish on exmoor but then i would say that um and I'm very much looking forward to um I've got the really difficult job this Saturday of running the PIMS stall at my local village fate I don't uh-huh. quite know how I'm going to get through it David <laughs> but um, it's you know it it's it's just wonderful right in front of the ancient Nettlecombe court with beautiful parkland and rolling green hills and yeah it's just it's just magic mm. so um and and you know even if you're just on foot in mm. minehead you you know you've only got to walk up north hill and i mean god what what a view mm. you know and to go right to the end on the top 
and look down onto Porlock Bay, especially at sunset. It's just stunning, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that that for me would be the place that I would go. And certainly when I need to get away from technology and beeps, bongs and notifications, that's the place I go to. And just even if it's, you know, just on the bike and just go right to the end of that road and just look at that view. It's stunning, you know, any time of the year as well, even on a a dreary, blustery day like this. It's just Absolutely. I mean, I had a really lovely group of friends. I went to school in Minehead and I had this fantastic group of friends. And quite often, as soon as we could drive, we would go off for picnics and so on. And we regularly after school used to just go right North Hill. Yeah, let's go. Mm -hmm. And you just get up on the hills and do what teenagers do and just chill out and look at the sea. (laughs) It's really lovely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And I I suppose coming back to your magazine, um, the magazine is uh, it's available locally, but also people can subscribe, can't they? So, you know, wherever you are in the country, uh, you know, our guests to stay with us, if they've fallen in love with Exmoor as much as you or I, they can subscribe and and get Exmoor through their letterbox four times a year. Yes, we would love it if they did that. I mean, one of the one of the one of the purposes of the magazine, mm. if you like, is to celebrate. The, you know that it's the, the, it's quarterly, based around the seasons, for a really strong reason. I think, and mm. that is that Exmoor is a place for every single season. And if if you've grown attached to it after one visit or after five visits, then it's quite a good way to feel tapped into it in the in the shoulder months and in out of season I mean I just I don't even think out of season is the right phrase for Exmoor there is no out of season and if you actually only come here at the same time every year then you were missing out because Mm. I think I think if I was not lucky enough to live here and I just had to visit I would probably try and visit at a different time each year until I'd done one trip for every month Mm. What is your favourite time of year? Um, it used to be October, but my joints are getting older now. So I think I would have to say May and then October and September a close second. Mm. But May is just in a good year, and this has been a really fantastic spring for flowers. Mm. Um, in a good year, May's got everything, hasn't it? Everything's still green. It's all about to just explode in the garden and in the hedgerows. And the hedgerows just look like they're full of frothy joy with all the cow parsley and the flowers. So, yeah, May is the best month. Mm. May has been incredible this year, yeah. I have to say. it's it, There must be just that, that cross, a little bit of sun, lots of dampness and rain. It's really come alive. And uh, the road today via Wedding Cross down through Dalton and the like was just green. You're absolutely right. It was... It was almost like someone had put a an, um, uh, just a coating. They'd almost airbrushed the hedgerows and the fields. It looked absolutely incredible today. Yeah. Well, do you remember when, when was it? I mean, I don't want to mention the dreaded word, but when we went into the first lockdown, I think one of the things, if you were following the rules, which I was, um, I did this pretty much the same walk every day. And... At, in common with most of the rest of the nation, of course. Um, (laughs) Permitted exercise, I think. But what was really lovely was seeing the tiny daily changes 
mm. and that you were forced to focus on because you weren't walking around in a different canvas each day. You were staring at the details of the same picture. Mm. And it was just lovely to see how how things just change incrementally, um, little by little, flower by flower. And it just, I think it made me more aware than I've ever been before that we really do have very, very distinct seasons. And I just, I, I couldn't live in a country which didn't have seasons. And mm. if you love seasons, then I can't think of anywhere better than Exmoor. Mm. No, I agree. I spent five years in Portugal. And and I have to say, even with Portugal's slightly temperate, slightly Californian type climate, you only really got two seasons. You only really got the heat of the summer and the dampness of the winter. You know, you missed out on the beautiful spring and autumn tide. The only the only way you could really describe Portugal in those seasons was one was getting quieter and one was getting busier, you know, in terms of volume of people in, in the cities and towns, which was a real shame. It's something I got increasingly homesick with, you know, that notion of only having off and on rather than that that slow and gradual meander into spring and that feeling of life that we've got at the moment and then the headiness of summer and then that sort of slow decline into winter which is so beautiful on Exmoor you know that the the brown and the the autumn hues are just just incredible but um, yeah I'm a big fan of autumn mm. love it yeah, absolutely. So I think mean, for our guests, and that's a really important thing to note for, for guests who may be thinking of coming back, and I think you hit the nail on the head that, you know, Exmoor isn't for one season. It's a place to come back and come back and come back at any time of year. And you're right, it's, um, it isn't on or off. It is a place to visit any time of year. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um... I don't want to sound preachy, but I, th I think what might be a useful way to think about it, if you're considering coming in a month that you haven't visited in before, is rather than thinking, oh, but we can't do X in April, just turn it round and think, what are the brilliant things to do in April instead? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, <laughs> light and dark is something we can't influence, but that, you know, we are a dark sky reserve and there are so many things that you can do on a shorter day and obviously the wildlife is is a key pointer and there are all sorts of different things that you can see depending on the season um but i yeah i, I couldn't emphasize it enough really just to why not just give it a go try mm. another month mm. great great idea um so uh i i guess what about 60 odd percent of our listeners who'll be listening to this um, love Exmoor, you know, really, really love Exmoor. Can they get involved with the magazine? Can they, you know, I don't know, submit articles to you or maybe find you on social media for that interaction? Yeah, so we've got the where we exist in in on the internet is we've got a website mm -hmm. which is exmoormagazine.co.uk, and that's where if you're if you're not living locally, you can subscribe and then it will just drop through your letterbox. And we've got subscribers all over the world, not just all over the country, I'm glad to say. So you can find out um, how to get the magazine on our website. But the, the place I post the most is um, we publish every single day on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram is obviously all to do with the photography. Facebook is also to do with the photography but then again we have lots of things about what's going on so this morning for example I I think I did a couple of posts that was 
that we're relating to the sea. Um, and I said, it's all about the sea this weekend because we've got um, Linton and Lynmouth have got a whole range of fantastic things going on in the harbour mm-hmm. at Lynmouth this weekend, as has Watch It. So um, it's not it's not strictly speaking a purely what's on page. There are lots of places you can go for that, but we do post most days about something that's happening. And um, quite often I will engage with our followers and that might be with, with local um, followers. If I want to know a detail that I can't seem to nail down, such as who's the gentleman in this picture from 1930 and someone always knows the answer um, or, it, or it might just be, I'm looking for photos of, can anyone help? And people tend to be really chatty on there. Mm. It's a, it's a 100% positive space. And that is what we're about that, you know, you and I both know that if, if you want to moan about, car parking or the government or any of the other miserable topics that you could choose any day of the week there are lots of places to go for that that's not what you'll find on our page our currency is happiness (laughs) Mm. oh happiness I remember that yeah yeah (laughs) well you know this is it's not a job for me it's my life so I I I have absolutely I won't I won't beat about the bush I've absolutely no interest in um refereeing people getting upset about stuff so we just don't do that on our page it's all mm. it's all good stuff mm, so that's brilliant if you well, want to break from the world our page is a good place to go i totally agree actually i i i, I you know i hold my hands up i've not checked out instagram i'm not a huge gram person but uh, i'm a big follower on facebook and we do lots of sort of cooperative sharing of stuff on the facebook page and you're absolutely right it is a, a happy place and it's definitely one for all of our listeners to this podcast you've really got to go and uh, and follow expo magazine on facebook and also visit the website and i suppose i've got to touch on the other people that that are more local to you and I, um, uh, who may be business owners, they may run businesses of all types. I mean, I presume most businesses, all businesses can advertise with you. Yeah. So the way we, I mean, obviously no magazine exists without advertising. Mm. And, um, but the way we do it is possibly a little different from other magazines. So as we've grown over the years, as I say, we started off well in 2008 we were at 80 pages we're now 144 but what we what I do is I keep the proportion of editorial to advertising the same mm. so as the magazine gets bigger it's not just it's you know that proportion stays the same what that means is is that most of our advertising is pre-booked because once we've sold out we've sold out mm. most of the content not all of it but probably 60 to 70 percent of it is planned or at least penciled in in advance by about a year because it's seasonal we have to do the photography in the right season Mm. and so I know now exactly how many pages of editorial content I've got planned for say next summer's issue Mm -hmm. and so that means that the rest of the space for the advertisers is based around that and what we try and do is we try and place all of the local businesses close to relevant content. Yeah. So um, planning in advance is the three word mantra there. And Mm -hmm. um, so our autumn issue comes out in August Mm -hmm. and that is 97% booked as of last Friday. Yeah. Um, most, Most people 
sort of advertise with us and then stay with us for years and years. So their place is pre-booked that, you know, but um, yeah, you, you simply just message me through the Facebook page if you, if you want to be in the magazine and I can tell you what space we've got left and ask you where you'd like to go. Brilliant. I mean, that is, uh, that's amazing. So whether or not you're listening to this as somebody who wants to get maybe a little closer to Exmoor, I mean, we know that uh, through research, you know, about 6% of everyone who visits here wants to come and live here at some point in the future. So Exmoor magazine is a really good place for that as well, because it helps you, it helps you find that perfect location. As you were saying earlier on in the podcast, Naomi, it helps you identify places you probably never heard of uh in Exmoor yeah I think you know you know I mean I'm terrible for this but right move is a very addictive website isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, nobody can help themselves frankly and if they say they can they're fibbing <laughs> um, but um if you if you think at some stage in the future you might want to move you you generally look at right move for a good couple of years before before you actually do it to get a real sense of you know what places are like and so on and I think hopefully our page is a useful place to start to sort of let Exmoor permeate through your membrane if Mm. you see what I mean just so that you can just start to feel and then after after looking at it you know for six months a year you might think "Mm, on reflection I don't think I'll be able to cope with living as we call it on the tops Mm -hmm. um you know, maybe I'm a valley person. I suppose we haven't really touched on that, but that's a big thing which people may not be aware of. There's a very big difference between life as a valley person and life as a hill person. Oh, tell me about that. Is is, <laughs> is that about um, climatic differences? Is it, or is it? I, I don't know. Tell me. Uh, I don't know if I could repeat all the reasons. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah it's well it's even a different language I mean when I um when I studied at university years and years and years ago I did English and we had to design an experiment as part of our phonetics unit and my my um my experiment for want of a better word was the difference between people asking for a pint of beer in the valley and on the tops (laughs) you know it's a it's even a different accent and if you if you're really tuned into it, you can tell where on Exmoor someone comes from. Um, obviously, that becomes diluted over the generations. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's I am I'm a valley girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have lived on the tops. But it, it's it, it's a very different experience. Um, and I think if you're genuinely thinking of moving here, you know, you you really do want to come in different seasons and get out on the top and into the valley and see what you really think of it. Because mm. the reality of, you know, there's pros and cons to both. Um, mm. And it, it it's just down to your individual personality as to what's going to work for you, I think. Mm. Yeah, and it's true, isn't it, that there's, there's lots of different... Um, uh, I mean, the word microclimate's used incorrectly and all over the place, isn't it? It's an omnipresent word. But, you know, there are lots of microclimates in and around Exmoor. And, you know, there are certain places for for myself, someone who loves the sea as much as you, you know, very attached to water and movement of water. And, and so for me, I usually have to be in the northern part of Exmoor to feel at home, you know, to actually feel connected to the water. But but my partner absolutely loves darker, lusher, you know, almost more cosy 
environments and certainly when we've been walking and cycling in brendan and that sort of area you know right in the in the lorna dune valley there you know he's very much at home with that you know and and feeling that coziness of the valley but you know you clearly know it a lot better than us but there's no way at all that i could live down in a in a valley i think i'd be starved of light and water um very quick yeah there's always there's always compromises to be made i spent quite a long time thinking that I wouldn't stay in this house forever because it wasn't high up enough mm. with a big enough view but um, one of the results of COVID is that well it was slightly before COVID but I completely fell in love with gardening uh-huh. and I'm now uh, completely addicted um, and and so that will also drive your choice because of in the dip as you you know in down in the dipsy dells as <laughs> as you can describe it you you'll be able to grow all sorts of things which you can't grow on the tops mm. and so you may also be dictated by your gardening habits and also by your hobbies you mm. know there are places that are a natural fit if you're crazy about cycling or paddle boarding or cold water swimming I don't understand those people (laughs) (laughs) I have lots of friends who love it and they keep trying to convince me but no I'm going to stay on the water thank you very much yes so I know when I fell over into the bar one day just outside of uh, Dulverton I think that was enough for my cold water swimming I think I prefer to be in the saddle or walking yeah yeah well and horses yeah well there's another thing if you love horses that that will also drive your choice as to where to go Yeah, indeed. Well, there's so much to go. I mean, we could talk all day about Exmoor and certainly with your knowledge of the place, we could delve an awful lot deeper, but we're not going there because that is one of the reasons for our listeners to subscribe to Exmoor magazine or to pick it up whilst they're here. So when our guests are here, presumably they can pop into many news agents and shops and the like and pick up a copy. Yeah. So basically our coverage area, if you imagine... Exmoor National Park itself is sort of shaped like a diamond on its side, isn't it? Hmm. But and our coverage area is like an extension of that diamond. So if I was, you know, our northern extremity or boundary, if you like, is obviously the sea. Mm-hmm. And then to the east, it's Taunton. Down to the south, it's Columpton. And up to the west, it's Appledore. Mm-hmm. So anywhere within that imaginary diamond, you should find us in the village shop. Mm. Or uh, we are also in Waitrose Co-ops and M&S. Brilliant, brilliant. So I would strongly recommend seeking you out. Um, but if you're listening to this from afar, uh, exmoormagazine.co.uk, uh, click on the subscribe section and you'll find all the details there. And it's a hearty recommendation from me. So uh, definitely want to go and explore. And uh, Naomi, thank you. Thanks for coming along today. Oh, thank you for your time. Brilliant. Okay, well, I'm sure that we'll be catching up in person soon, or you never know, on one of those internal Zoom calls. It's inevitable. (laughs) It certainly is. You take care, Naomi. Thanks, David. Bye.